Typically my shows are full of maybe even one might say comedic uh, opinions on politics. This show's a different show. This show is dedicated to my grandmother, Arjean. Um, today, we buried my Uncle David. And I wanted to have something for her to hold on to. And, you know, once, once someone passes and they have the funeral... And the cards stop coming, and the flowers stop coming, and I wanted her to have something to hold on to for future sake, and she could listen to it whenever she wanted to. So, Mama, this is for you. Uh, it's my tribute to David. Um. I'm largely better behind a microphone than in front of a camera. <laughs> As you may have noticed, my nervousness today at the gravesite. But regardless, uh, I wanted to 
show you my appreciation for you and for David. And uh, I wanted you to have something, like I said, that you can go back and listen to whenever you wanted to. And uh, and I, when all when everything's when everything stops and the limelight's gone away and you still have an aching heart, I still wanted you to have something to cling on to. Um, so that's why I'm doing this podcast. I was sort of called to it. Um, uh, I guess God was tapping me on the shoulder and saying that. Uh, you're not done yet today. <laughs> and I was planning it and planning it. And I was like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And that tap still was tapping on me. You know? So it's about 1130, I think. Uh, but you can't tell God no. He doesn't take no lightly. So he doesn't take, I'll do it tomorrow, lightly. <laughs> so... Here we are. Um, but I wanted to give you my uh, my farewell to David that I thought he would like. Uh, and also um, wanted to recapture part of the of the ceremony that we had today. Um, and parts of the uh, the reading that I gave that I may have left out a few parts. <laughs> Anyhow, so here goes. Um, I'm going to actually do uh, a song. I found a song that I thought that David would really appreciate. Um, because he liked bluegrass. So please stand by.
I thought David would have liked that song. I don't know if he ever heard it, but he may have. Anyhow, moving right along. Uh, your son, born August 31st, 1960 on Halloween, was born to Robert Lee Hunley and his wife, R. Jean M. Hunley. Don't worry, we'll keep the M to ourselves. He led a normal childhood upbringing until one chilly December afternoon. He was walking home from a Cub Scout meeting. Little did young David know that his track home would change not only his life, but the lives of his family and loved ones forever. Crossing the street, David was struck by a vehicle. Due to a blood clot, a portion of his brain had to be removed, and he spent over two months in a coma. Christmas at the Hunley House that year was celebrated in April of 1970. He didn't celebrate Christmas until the whole family could attend the festivities. After that, David attended junior high school, high school, and actually went on to get a college uh, degree in, um, from Central Piedmont Community College in, uh, in, uh, criminal, uh, in criminal investigation. Through David's affliction, or maybe the doctors, well, after 20 years said, they were desperately trying to find that one magic pill that would fix him, i.e., that one magic pill that re would replace the missing portion of his brain. I always rolled my eyes and said, this is impossible. You're treating him like a guinea pig. David developed sort of an emotional roller coaster. He would spend two weeks or better, maybe less, maybe more, in a hyperactivity, pacing the halls at night, walking around in his room, pacing back and forth because he didn't know what to do with his energy. There was a lot of sleepless nights that were had by my grandparents. Then eventually his body wouldn't be able to take anymore and he would sink into a depression. When he sank into such depressions, oftentimes I was called to come over and say, hey, can you go cheer him up? Because it, gro it broke my grandparents' heart for him to be in a depression but in some instances, after a such long period of time, I sort of think that the break from the hyperness was sort of welcomed. I would sit in David's room for hours, talking to him and trying to cheer him up. 
try to get him to go out for a walk or hey let's go do something let's go to let's go watch a movie or let's go do this or let's go for a walk or something to get him out of the bed because I knew that it weighed heavy on my grandparents minds and hearts sometimes I was successful sometimes I wasn't And sometimes he would just sit there and just tell me to leave him alone. And I didn't. I'd still sit there in the dark and speak with him. Or sometimes in total silence. I feel I grew up with my Uncle David. And I also believe that I outgrew my Uncle David. I believe firmly that my uncle was basically a nine-year-old trapped in a grown man's body. He was socially a nine-year-old. Sometimes he would interrupt. Sometimes he would... He would sit down at the table on Sunday afternoon before anybody else and start helping his plate, which was often followed by, damn it, David, from, from his mother. Why can't you wait for anybody else? <laughs> More often than not, we all just kind of laughed because we just knew how that's how David was. Some of the best memories of my upbringing was going to church and sitting with my grandparents and my parents and Uncle David and my brother and sitting up in the balcony and watching the sermon and then leaving and my grandmother saying, now y'all come over to the house. So we'd go home and we'd change clothes and we'd go over and walk into their house and smell the most amazing smells of food cooking I, I can ever remember. It didn't matter what it was. My grandmother could cook like nobody's business. It was chicken and dumplings or it was it was hamburgers with with uh, with oyster stew or something but man every time it was fantastic I just remember walking into that house and smelling the great smells because I knew mama had been cooking some of the best memories I have of childhood was after eating dinner and sitting around and, and clearing off the table and my dad, Mark, and my brother, Matthew, we would sit there and we would cut up and joke and laugh. And a lot of the times we would be in tears just laughing so hard. And that didn't happen once. That happened frequently. I often tell people that don't know my brother or my dad, and they're like, oh, you're funny. I'm like, no, 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 no. Get me and my brother and my dad in a room together. 
and something's gonna go down. <laughs> but those were fantastic memories to have. I still cherish them. And to this day, I still, me being a former chef, I still, I remember when I was seven years old and I was growing up and I would ask my mother, okay, well, how do you cook this? And she would show me. And then I would go to my grandmother and say, well, how do you cook this? And she, my grandmother never had a recipe. <laughs> I could never ask her for a recipe because she didn't know it. She said, well, you put about this much salt in it, and you put about this much pepper in it, and just about this much sugar, and, uh, and there you have it, and it's done. <laughs> like, but, you know, uh, I find myself building my own recipes that way nowadays. But I I know that it's nostalgic for me when I when I get that, that itch, and I'll go and I'll make homemade chicken and dumplings and go outside and spend an hour outside and then walk in and it still brings back that nostalgia of walking into Mama's kitchen with those fantastic smells of lunch on the stove on a Sunday afternoon That's something you can't beat, and you can't replicate it, even though I try. But that was home for me. And that was home for David, too. Anyway, I feel that, um, that David was childlike and his mannerisms and his attitudes. But he was also like a child to where he was sort of innocent and giving and never liked anybody to be in a bad mood. He would always get excited. Beyond regular excitement for an adult, he would get more excited, childlike excitement. Like when it was Christmas time and it was time to open presents. Or not even time to open presents, but you could see in his eye, he had that glimmer of just giddy. He's just, when do we get to open presents? That even surpassed my young girls. The giddiness and the excitement in his eye was always there. That glimmer of, is it time? The anticipation would kill him. And that reminds me that, you know, the Lord said, Come unto me as a child. Which implies to me innocence and purity of heart and intention. David would never steal from anyone or be un be lack of pure intention to anyone. He just wanted to tell you about Jesus most of the time. Growing up around David, I realized 
if you're watching my grandparents, Bob and Arjean, take care of them day in and day out. The most important thing that I learned was that you're not a parent for 18 years. No. And you're not a parent until they graduate high school. And you're not a parent until they turn 30 or 45 or 50. You're a parent for life. A lot of people don't know that, but I learned that at an early age and I'm thankful for the lesson. My grandparents took care of my Uncle David until the day they finally just couldn't do it anymore. Even in the years that should have maybe been their golden years where they retired and spent time together and maybe took a trip here and there. No, they didn't do that. They had a responsibility to David. The sacrifices they made to this day still blow me away. And like my brother said, it's taught me to be a better, a better parent. And it's taught me the importance of, of always being there and being responsible. You know, David got hit by a car. And to this day, when Heather and I found out, we knew we had Cindy already, and then we found out we were going to have twins. <clears throat> and that was, we had twins just after my grandfather, Bobby, or as I called him, Pop, passed away. By the way, I think they met somewhere in the middle because he was so excited about those twins. I think they met somewhere in the middle. But I picked one house for them to grow up in and grew and, and go to live in. And they still live in that house to this day. But I'll tell you one thing. The reason that I picked that house or one of the reasons that I picked that house is because there's a fence that goes around the entire yard as to keep them out of the street. Because I know firsthand what can happen. And so does my whole family. So there's a reason that fence is there. It's because I picked it. I said, that's the house right there. Anyway, uh, sorry, I've lost my place. Hold on. Ah. Oh, and then there's that praying. Okay, so anyway, no, uh, one other thing was, um, uh, Things I will always remember about David. <laughs> David's favorite garment. Usually, uh, you could always find David on the couch in his uh, pajamas with a handkerchief uh, neatly balled up in his uh, lapel pocket. 
I do remember he had hay fever. I could never find the hay that he had a fever to, but there was hay fever involved. He was largely nasal. His two best friends were Betty Crocker and Little Debbie. Uh, his two favorite books, the Bible, and the weekly television schedule put out by the Charlotte Observer on Sundays. This, this piece of literature was incredibly important because he took it everywhere with him in order to keep track of shows that he loved. Uh, whether it be Gomer Pyle, the Beverly Hillbillies, I Dream of Jeannie, the list goes on and on and on. However, I never uh, will forget the laughter that came from David at the end of every show. He was his own laugh track. And I'll also never forget the way that he listened to these shows word for word and held to every word on such intensity. And he would always say, shh, listen. Mainly because his mother would only let him turn it up so loud. And if there were people around and they were talking, then he would just... A lot of times, storm off to his room <laughs> with handkerchief, with handkerchief and uh, TV schedule in hand. <laughs> I'll watch it in my room then. <laughs> David had a rough life, and he earned his eternity in paradise. He taught me a lot, maybe inadvertently, or maybe not. We'll never really know. I was with him through ups and through downs, as was the rest of his family, especially his parents. Robert Lean and R.J. M., But he had a certain shine about him that shan't be forgotten. And like I said to you, Mama or Jean, when the cards stop coming in and the phone calls stop happening. And the, and the flowers stop arriving. I want you to know that hopefully this podcast will be something that you'll still have. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy it. Next, I'm going to play um, the poem that our friend David Upchurch played at the uh, at the service. Uh, following that, I'm going to play one more song, and then following that, I will play what I remember to be one of David's favorite songs. Please stand by. Thank you.
Don't grieve for me, for now I'm free. I'm following the path God laid for me. I took his hand when I heard him call. I turned my back and left it all. I could not stay another day to laugh, to love, to work or play. Tasks left undone must stay that way. I found that place at the close of a day. If my parting has left a void, then fill it with remembered joy. A friendship shared, a laugh, a kiss. Ah, yes, these things I too will miss. Be not burdened with times of sorrow. I wish you the sunshine of tomorrow. My life's been full. I've savored much. Good friends, good times. A loved one's touch. Perhaps my time seemed all too brief. Don't lengthen it now with undue grief. Lift up your heart and share with me. God wanted me now. He set me free. I know your life on earth was troubled and only you could know the pain you weren't afraid to face the devil you were no When they hear your sweet voice sing So go rest high on that mountain Cause sun you work on earth is done Go to But now I'm found 
I'd like every, to thank everyone for listening to this special edition of the Constitutional Conservative. I'm your host, Jay Nunn. Welcome into a portion of my personal life and the life of my family. I thank you for listening. Uh, we are deeply saddened by the loss of my uncle, David Hunley. But we know now that he is in a better place and relaxing comfortably with his loved ones and the Lord. I'd like to conclude this episode with one of his favorite songs. He always loved this song and... uh, To be honest with you, I really can't blame him. Anyway, thank you for listening. Jay Nunn, the Constitutional Conservative, signing off. This is a tribute to David G. Hunley and dedicated to R. Gene Hunley. Signing off. God bless.